This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. This is the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbongo. I'm super excited today as we start a new series on the African drylands on a series we have entitled Restoration of the African Drylands. It is a six-part series where the Africa Climate Conversations is partnering with the upcoming Global Landscape Forum GLF 2021 conference, which will be happening on the 2nd and 3rd of June this year. It is the first ever digital conference focused entirely on Africans' drylands and how integrative restorations practices can see them flourish once again. GLF is led by the Center for the International Forestry Research, C4, and the World Agroforestry Center, ICRAF, collaborating with its co-founders, UNEP, the World Bank, and Charter members. Research by the International Union for Conservation of Nature, IUCN, shows that Drylands are home to more than 2 billion people globally. They cover over 40% of the Earth's land surface. They provide 44% of the world's cultivated systems and 50% of the world's livestock. In Africa, more than half a billion people live and work in the drylands. Now, we're talking of an area that represents 43% of the continent's surface, stretching across countries from Burkina Faso to Mali, Mauritania, Niger, and Chad. Restoring Africa's drylands is essential, not just to protect the biodiversity, but securing the health, livelihoods, and the future of, of these people living in these arid landscapes. Now, I talked to Lalisa Duguma, a scientist with the World Agroforestry, who told me the drylands of Africa are critical, especially at this particular time. The drylands of Africa also are the most important ecosystems of the continent, because if you look at the large share of the pastoral communities in the continent are living in the dryland parts. Sure. Mm-hmm. That is where also they drive their livelihood from. So. If you look at the overall situation in this place in the African context, it is the part of the continent where so many compounding factors are at play at the same time. You have the shortage of rainfall or limited rainfall or limited precipitation. You have all these issues that come with the climate change effects with the climate variability effects as one of the most prevalent factors in these dry land ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And land degradation is also so prevalent because very often it's really um, exposed because the vegetation cover yeah. normally quite low. So mm-hmm. all, most of these factors are really at play almost in, at the same time. So the, the vegetation structure within these places is very thin because it's largely savanna and pasture land areas where mm-hmm. you don't have big trees that you can see as a huge forest cover. These dry lands are also facing one of the very significant losses of vegetation cover due to human activity, mostly due to agricultural expansion and in some cases due to uh, some parts where there are investments are also there. But other, in other places, the loss of vegetation is driven by changing 
growth factors which could be related to drought because mm-hmm. it is so challenging to restore dry lands compared to other parts of the continent because water is the most critical element if you want to grow a seedling so in this area this is a factor which plays a big role so mm-hmm. the overall combination of these sets of factors that are really suppressing either the restoration process or the the performance of the existing vegetation together will lead to lower vegetation cover in this part of the continent especially in Africa where we have this precipitation shortage climate change effects factors like fire which really burns down most of the vegetation almost every coming year and so Now, drylands are characterized by water scarcity. These are places where rainfall may be limited or may be only abundant for a short period. They also receive high temperatures, leading to high rates of water loss through evaporation and transpiration. Now, in terms of vegetation, you'll often find in drylands includes grasslands, savannas, shrubs, and woodlands. But people living in these areas, in these drylands, have learned how to cope given the climate uncertainties they face. In the Gambia, people are keeping the cattle in the fields overnight so that the animals stay just in one side. Mm-hmm. What are these animals doing? They are putting back their urine into the soil. They are putting back their wastes into the soil. The dung, all of this goes back to the soil. What does that do? It binds together at least parts of the very fragile soil that is on top. Mm-hmm. By doing this, you are actually attracting these uh, microbial organisms like ants, like beetles, who are doing their job for survival. And by doing, when they do that, they increase the porosity of the soil mm-hmm. because they create that pore space. And when they create those pores, the soil pores, now air can infiltrate and water can also infiltrate into the soil. Research by C4 shows that approximately about 10%, that is about 6 million kilometers squared of drylands, already bear a legacy of land degradation. With climate change, grasslands productivity is projected to decline by between 49 to 90% in semi-arid and arid regions. Already, the COVID-19 pandemic has not only impacted on tourism across Africa, but it is impacting on the drylands restoration. Funding for natural resources, I think there are emerging impacts nowadays, especially in some parts of drylands of Africa where some projects are suddenly cancelled because donors also face limitation in terms of resources and with uh, some the news that are coming in pastoral areas even in the last few weeks where some projects are pulled off because the donors do not have enough resources and there is a diversion of resources to the health management rather than the environmental management which we really need for the sustainability of the ecosystems and the society living in that ecosystem so mm-hmm. There is also a significant effect on research and scientific skills development that's mm-hmm. already reported in quite a number of uh, uh, pieces in mm-hmm. the research space. 
what is it doing because of the movement restrictions you can't travel to all those places you do research and yeah. new knowledge coming from research and with this you have limited information to know about how things are in the future and the future is dependent on the knowledge we have about the current so mm. that really shapes what actions we should be taking for example if you are to do species conservation in a given landscape you need to understand where the species prefers what the most stressing factors are and all those the only way to know this is through research and if research is affected because of the movement restrictions then you have an effect on that particular species in the specific terms so mm. restoration is affected in so many ways but we have to think about how can we tackle those complexities that emerge with these kinds of covid related impacts from resource allocation points of view and even the management of the, the these different ecosystems because yeah. we need to learn from what has happened and begin to find strategies of in these kinds of scenarios what should we be doing how do we mm. safeguard this protected spaces or areas and mm. uh, highly fragile ecosystems. How could we manage them if we are to face such a kind of scenario in the future again? Now, the beauty is that this series would not only dwell on the challenges facing drylands, but it will explore initiatives such as the African Forest Landscape Restoration Initiative aimed at bringing 100 million hectares of land in Africa into restoration by 2030. Now, we'll look into how it's contributing to the restoration of these drylands. We will also look into the Sahel. Basically, I think it's the best example when it comes to the African drylands. Now, unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic has triggered the deepest recession in the Sahel in decades, plunging an addition of 1.3 million people into extreme poverty. We will explore where we are on the 8,000-kilometer Great Green Wall stretching from Senegal to Djibouti, bringing life back into Africa's degraded landscapes, aimed at providing food security and jobs for the millions who live along this path. But that is not all. We will also have episodes dedicated to the Global Landscape Forum Africa Digital Conference, where we'll tell you all about the conference, why is it so critical, especially currently where the globe is dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and the climate crisis. We'll also be telling you about the UN Decade on Ecosystem Restoration, which runs from 2021 to 2030 and will be launched just after the GLF conference. Now, in case you haven't registered for the GLF conference, go to our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. Then click on the trailer. Now click on the GLF registration link and register. Remember, we are on Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes as Africa Climate Conversations. And please do not forget to subscribe. You can also send us your feedback at info at africaclimateconversations.com. Also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and let's engage more. The restoration of the African Dryland series is a six-part series on the upcoming Global Landscape Forum, led by the Center for the International Forestry Research, C4, and the World Agroforestry Center, ECRAF, in collaboration with co-founders UNEP, the World Bank, and charter members. The GLF 2021 conference will be happening online on the 2nd and 3rd of June. 
this year. Until this week on Thursday for the Financing Change in Africa series, Kwaheri, my name is Sophie Mokwa. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.